Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to Adeline in Winterville, North Carolina. Have an awesome birthday, Adeline. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Tales. Grown Ups, Girl Tales is brought to you by families like yours. If you'd like to hear your child's name at the top of our next episode, or if you would like me to wish them a happy birthday, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This is a sequel to our episode Reimagining Robin Hood from last season. This episode is called Princess Miriam's Adventure. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. The air was crisp that autumn eve. The folks of Freshwater gathered round to hear a tale of daring deeds, of heroes, science, peril, crowns. That morning, our favorite Renaissance fair had rolled to town and pitched their tents. My dear friend Robin Hood arrived, said, Would you join us for the main event? Happy hoodlums were singing the whole way here, and now their voices are rather hoarse. Could you introduce our story by the fire? I smiled. I'd love to, of course. And now the time has come, my friends. A story will take shape about a Princess Miriam, her adventures and grand escape. Princess Miriam of Sherwood 
Mira, to her family and friends, was not a typical princess. She loved nature and spent most of her time exploring the incredible forest around her uncle, King Richard's palace. Her father, Prince John, helped her set up a laboratory in a beautiful hollow tree where she studied conservation, physics and biology with the assistance of her dear friend Chirp, a kind and clever chickadee. Sometimes Mira and Chirp crossed paths with other people in Sherwood Forest. There was a group of young friends called the Happy Hoodlums who would gather in a clearing near the tall elm trees to share food and stories by the fireside. They performed plays, sang songs, and demonstrated wonderful acrobatic tricks for each other. One girl in a cloak with a lovely green hood seemed to be the leader. She was the most captivating and creative storyteller. Her name was Robin Hood. Mira found no quarrel with the hoodlums. They always seemed to be enjoying themselves, and they were respectful of the forest. Occasionally, in between experiments, Mira would join in the fun. With Chirp the Chickadee's help, Mira met many fascinating creatures and plants in the forest. They shared their knowledge of healing properties and wilderness survival skills with the young princess, as she was curious, courteous, creative and kind. Mira learned many useful things. She learned that pine sap could help heal bumps and bruises, while licorice root and sassafras helped to soothe a sore throat. She shared her new knowledge with her uncle, King Richard, who cared deeply for his people and sent healers into the villages to aid the townsfolk and lessen their suffering. Word soon spread far and wide, and as it spread, the truth became more and more blurry. In neighbouring realms, there was talk of a powerful royal witch who was protecting the plants, animals and people of Sherwood with her mysterious magic. Now, everyone knows that magic is real, and witches are powerful and not to be crossed, but Princess Mira was not a witch. She was a scientist, and she had no idea about the rumours that were spreading. She was busy exploring the forest and conducting experiments with Chirp. One moonless night, as Mira and Chirp were heading home from an exciting day in the laboratory, Mira paused, stooping down to collect a leafy sample growing alongside the path. When she stood up, she found herself completely surrounded by uniformed guards. Get her. They kidnapped her and Chirp and rushed them off in the darkness and across the border into the kingdom of Meridian. When Mira's father, Prince John, came looking for her, all he found was a ransom note nailed to the laboratory door. He ran with it as fast as he could to his big brother, King Richard. The ransom note read, a royal ransom is hereby demanded. At the end of the month, heaps of gold must be handed to the monarch of Meridian, the royal king Silas. And don't try anything. Let there be no slyness or trickery of any kind. Princess Miriam's safety must be kept in mind. Now Sherwood must see new King John on the throne, while crownless King Richard rides off on his own. Mira's father wanted to charge off to Meridian to save her, but King Richard insisted that he was better suited as a brave and capable hero. He saddled his noble steed and rode off that same day. Meanwhile, in the neighbouring kingdom of Meridian, after a very long and bumpy ride through the dark forest, Mira and Chirp were surprised to find themselves stepping out of a caravan into the bright morning sunshine, beaming upon an outdoor throne room. 
it was the largest and most beautiful garden that Mira had ever seen. Seated on an impressive and leafy throne, it appeared to be made of a living tree. Their kidnapper, King Silas, the ruler of Meridian, sat and smiled a winning smile. Princess Miriam of Sherwood, he boomed, spreading his arms wide as though addressing an adoring crowd instead of two blinking, indignant captives. Welcome to Meridian. Thank you for joining me. Mira took a deep breath, looking around to gather as much information as possible. The king was young, probably close to her own age. They were outside. The coastal palace gardens overlooked the ocean, and there was no obvious way to escape at this moment. She smoothed the worst of the wrinkles from her clothing and gestured to the guards blocking the exits. I was given no choice in the matter, your highness, though your guards assured me that Chirp and I would come to no harm. This is unacceptable behaviour on your part. What possible reason could you have for snatching us away in the middle of the night like this? Very well. King Silas stood and walked down the stairs to stand just above Mira and reached out a hand for her to take. Princess, what is my kingdom best known for? Chirp flitted out and pecked at the king's outstretched hand. He jerked it back in surprise. Mira looked at Chirp as he perched back on her shoulder and folded her arms tightly across her chest before responding. Meridian is best known for its outstanding orchards and its forests. Precisely, said King Silas. In a word, trees. Please, follow me, princess. He led the way through the garden before stopping short, a look of anger and sadness crossing his face before he reached forward and swept a curtain of willow branches aside and motioned for Mira to pass through a hidden archway. Mira stepped through and gasped. <gasps> Chirp fluttered around her head in distress. What had clearly once been sprawling rows of apple, peach, pear and cherry trees now looked more like a haunted forest. Silas furrowed his brow and motioned to the barren orchards. My kingdom is in grave danger, princess. Our trees are dying. We have dealt with disease and pests before. This is different. It was sudden, this mysterious disease, and it is spreading so quickly. Mira looked from the devastated orchards to King Silas. It is dreadful, but I don't understand. Why did you kidnap me? King Silas narrowed his eyes at her. Do not play the fool. You are too smart for that. And I don't have the patience for such games. Word has reached my throne room that you are a healer, that you are a scientist, that you understand the forest. He stepped rudely into her personal space, poked his finger in her face, and in an intense, growling whisper said, You are a witch, Princess Miriam, and you will save my trees. Wait, what? cried Mira, taken aback. You think I'm a witch? Quick as a whip, King Silas snatched Chirp out of the air. How else do you explain your friendship with this little bird? He is your witch's familiar. He will stay locked in a grand iron cage in my gardens until you have saved my trees. You are free to move about as you wish, but if you run away, you will never see your precious Chirp again. Now, get to work, he snapped, before striding away with Chirp as his prisoner. Mira was upset and scared and furious all at once. She felt her eyes sting, welling over with hot tears, thinking of Chirp locked in an iron cage, thinking of her family and friends back home in Sherwood. She took a deep, calming breath 
I must think logically. If the trees are dying, something is causing it. I wonder what has changed recently. Mira spent the next few weeks in the orchards with her nature observation journal. She ran experiments on the soil and took small samples of tree bark and leaves, searching for clues. One sunny afternoon, Mira took a break for lunch. She walked to the closest apple tree and sat on the ground leaning back against its trunk. As she sat, she picked up a rotting apple and examined it. No nibble marks. Even the bugs are avoiding the fruit from these trees, Mira thought. This is a systemic problem that's affecting the whole tree. But what could affect so many trees at the same time? Suddenly, she jumped up. I have an idea! King Silas! Mira shouted, bursting through the beautifully hand-carved doors of the royal library. Shh! Oh, sorry, she said more softly to the royal librarian, whom she had given quite a fright. What is it, Princess Miriam? King Silas asked, appearing from around a bookshelf, holding a large atlas. What is the water source for your orchards, for your forests? Meridian is blessed with an abundance of natural spring water that runs down from the mountains, explained the king. There is a royal reservoir at the base of Mount Sylvie, but I doubt you will find what you are seeking there. We have a state-of-the-art filtering system that removes toxins from the water. But if you insist, go. It is a long journey. You will travel for days and days. Mira nodded, pointing to the atlas in the king's arms. I will need a fast horse, an accurate map, and plenty of clean water to drink, just to be safe. Mounted on a bright buckskin mare, Mira streaked across fields, over bridges, and through orchards of dying trees. She had never ridden so swiftly in her life. Finally, she reached the Royal Reservoir, a glorious giant pond of fresh spring water at the base of majestic Mount Sylvie, a mountain that rose dramatically out of the surrounding forests and farmlands and pierced the very clouds with its snow-capped peaks. Mira stood staring up at Mount Sylvie, awestruck. We don't have mountains like this in Sherwood, she said to no one in particular. That much is true, came an unexpected response. Mira whipped around to see a girl about her own age in a green hooded cloak with a wooden bow and quiver of arrows strapped to her back, swinging down from a nearby tree. Mira looked closely at the girl's grinning face beneath the hood and gasped. Oh, my stars, Robin Hood! Hello! What's brought you here so far from home? Robin laughed and bowed. Princess Miriam, I'm here to aid in your escape from Meridian. Your father awaits your safe return to Sherwood. Though, by the looks of you, everything is all good. Are you in need of aid? Where is Chirp? Why have you stayed when no castle walls or prison locks bar your return? I see no roadblocks. Tears filled Mira's eyes as she told Robin that King Silas believed her to be a witch and was holding sweet Chirp in an iron cage in the royal gardens. Chirp has seeds and berries to eat, and he is safe from harm, but I am no witch. I must solve the mystery of the dying trees with science in order to ensure his freedom and my own. Robin nodded. I have also heard rumours of your skills with healing and witchcraft, but if you say you're not a witch, I believe you. She handed Mira a handkerchief. Wipe your tears when you are ready, my friend. I am here to help. Mira unfurled the map from the Royal Library to show Robin as they set off around the rocky reservoir. Mira explained, I'm using scientific theory to discover why Meridian's trees are dying. First, I identified the problem. That was easy. The trees are dying. Then I gathered data. 
I made observations and took samples from the trees and the soil. That led me to my next step, forming a hypothesis. In other words, I made an educated guess based on the information I had gathered. My educated guess is that the water source from meridians, orchards and forests, this reservoir, has been contaminated. And now I am here to test my hypothesis. Mira and Robin reached the far side of the reservoir, where they saw seven shimmering waterfalls cascading down the cliff sides and flowing together into the great pond. King Silas said that the reservoir has a filter, but we should gather samples from each waterfall to check the toxins, said Mira. Robin pointed to the first waterfall, high above them. I have spent most of my life climbing trees and boulders in Sherwood Forest. I can show you the best path up the cliff, but we have to move carefully. Up, up, up they climbed, hand over hand, stopping at each waterfall, one after another, taking samples to check the toxins. Each one they tested was flowing fresh from the mountain streams. Finally, after an exhausting and dangerous climb, they reached the seventh and tallest waterfall. Out of breath, tired and thirsty, Robin scooped up a handful of water. Wait! Don't drink that! We have to test it first! cried Mira, grabbing Robin's arm and pouring the water into a clear test tube. She conducted her test, but the results came back negative no toxins in the water. Disappointed, Mira plopped down on a rock and put her head in her hands. My hypothesis was wrong. Robin sat next to Mira and put a comforting hand on her shoulder. It's okay to be wrong and to make mistakes. In fact, it's important. Making mistakes is one way to learn new things. What can we learn from your first hypothesis being wrong? Mira looked at Robin, took a deep breath and nodded. She stood up and pulled out her nature observation journal. You're right, Robin. Let's look for new information and come up with a new hypothesis together. The two carefully climbed higher and higher up Mount Sylvie until they reached an outlook with an incredible view across the Kingdom of Meridian. They marveled at the natural beauty until... Mira, look! Not at the view, look down the mountain. All of the trees on this side of Mount Sylvie are dying, but all of the trees on the far side are healthy. Mira gasped. <gasps> Robin, you found a clue. There is a path of dying trees leading from the tallest peak all the way down to the farms at the base of Mount Sylvie. If we keep climbing, I bet we will discover whatever is poisoning the trees. Come on, said Robin excitedly. The two rushed upwards, leaping fallen branches and dodging around boulders until they came to a dense pine grove high atop Mount Sylvie. Robin, look. Something huge crashed through these trees. There are broken branches every which way. Mira led the way, following this mysterious path of destruction. Suddenly, as they stepped around a mossy boulder, the girls found themselves face to face with a giant mechanical bird. Oh, my stars! gasped Mira. <gasps> a giant mechanical bird! It must have crash landed on Mount Sylvie. Help! Help! A creaky old voice called from within the wreckage. Help me! I can't get out! Robin and Mira sprung into action. They hauled broken pine boughs away from the fantastical flying machine and uncovered a trapdoor built into the wing. As soon as the door was clear of debris, it burst open and out tumbled a lanky old woman in a sky-blue jumpsuit, long leather jacket and aviator goggles. 
She leapt up and dusted herself off. Thank you, girls. You saved me just in time. I crash-landed a month ago and was running out of food and water. My name is Ingot, Ingot the Inventor. What a wild story, crowed Robin. I can't wait to hear all about your adventures with a giant flying mechanical bird. But first, said Mira, I think I've figured it out. Something is leaking from your bird. Gadzooks, the fuel plug, exclaimed Ingot, before dashing nimbly around the back of her flying machine. Help me, girls, please, she hollered over her shoulder. Together, Mira, Robin and Ingot found the egg-shaped fuel plug that had been dislodged in the crash landing. They returned it to its proper position, stemming the flow of fuel down the mountainside. I have a new hypothesis, Mira crowed excitedly. Fuel has been leaking from the crash site of Ingot's flying machine. The fuel was flowing down the mountain to the farmlands below, the same farmlands that supply the fertilizer and nutrient-rich soil for Meridian's orchards. The contaminated fertilizer was brought to the orchards and made all of the trees sick. Which brings us to the next question. How can we clean this up? How can we save the trees? Mira turned to Ingot. I need to save the trees in order to free my dear friend Chirp the Chickadee. Well, I have good news, said Ingot. As an inventor, I always have a clean-up plan. Believe it or not, this is not the first time one of my experiments has gone kaboom. I concocted a special fuel made with iron dust to get this big old bird off the ground. The iron fuel is magnetic. Oh, exclaimed Robin. We can clear the royal orchards using a bunch of magnets. The iron will be magnetically pulled right out of the soil. Or, offered Mira, gesturing to the giant mechanical bird, one giant flying magnet. Mira, Robin and Ingot worked together to patch and repair the flying machine. There was just enough fuel left to make it back to King Silas's coastal palace. Up, up they soared, through the clouds and around the tallest peak of Mount Sylvie, before doing a loop-de-loop and gliding onward to rescue Chirp, magnetically clear the fuel spill and save the trees of Meridian. You can imagine the look of shock on King Silas's face as a giant mechanical bird swooped into his royal gardens. He was even more surprised to see Princess Miriam climbing out of it when it landed. Princess, what is the meaning of this? King Silas spluttered. I have solved the mystery of your dying trees, and they can still be saved. If you bring me all the magnets you have in your palace... Within minutes, the garden was filled with royal guards and servants and cooks rushing in with magnets of all shapes and sizes. In the hubbub, no one noticed as Robin Hood swiftly picked the lock on the big iron cage holding Chirp. Delighted to have his freedom, Chirp trilled happily and flew over to settle on Mira's shoulder. Listen, Mira called over the commotion. Everyone take a magnet and rub it on the big iron cage. Everyone looked confused, but they followed Mira's instructions. Great! Now let's attach the cage to Ingot's amazing flying machine. King Silas looked amazed and bamboozled. What witchcraft is this? Mira took a deep, calming breath and shook her head. I told you the truth. I do not have the honor of being a witch, but I am a scientist, and I've got big ideas. With Chirp perched safely on her shoulder, she grabbed Robin's hand and they climbed quickly into the giant mechanical bird. Come back here, shouted King Silas. But Ingot had already taken off, 
spiraling up into the sky above the royal gardens, with the giant iron cage swinging wildly beneath. Mira shouted down to King Silas. We turned the cage into a giant magnet. Ingot will fly over and clean up her iron fuel spill. Without all the extra iron in the soil, Meridian's trees should recover. King Silas was left standing in his garden with his mouth agape. Later that day, a group of determined villagers, led by Mira's uncle, crownless King Richard, rebelled against King Silas and demanded he abdicate his throne on the grounds that kidnapping a princess because you heard a rumour that she is a witch is absolutely unacceptable behaviour. Meanwhile, Mira, Chirp and Robin helped Ingot with her soaring environmental cleanup before she flew them swiftly and safely back to their beloved Sherwood Forest. As I promised, an adventure, an escape, a story about friendship, helping us to do whatever it takes. To get our loved ones out of scrapes, solve mysteries to crack the case. Come back to the fireside, leave our heroes behind. Like Mira and Robin, be curious, be kind. Think before you act, and you'll have peace of mind. You'll be delighted by the stories you'll find. That was Princess Miriam's Adventure, written by Kelly Cutler, produced by Tessa Flannery, performed by Rebecca Cunningham and Tessa Flannery, executive produced by Rebecca Cunningham. Girl Tales is a Cordelia Studios production. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love this story, share it with a friend. Grownups, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And grownups, don't forget you can get access to ad-free episodes of the Girl Tales podcast, as well as a range of other shows for the kids in your life by subscribing to Star Glow Plus on Apple Podcasts. Oh, and remember, I believe in you. <laughs>